2: ...walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years.
3: Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors.
1: Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. You can donate by credit card
3: at the Bible Live website, www.thebibelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218.
2: Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615.
1: Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So we will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Cause here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar.
4: I am so glad you're along with us tonight. Thank you for joining us for the Bible Live Quiz Show. We are ready to go. We read through this past week. We're reading through a lot of books now uh, because they're shorter. And so let me see what we did this past week. We read uh, the entire book of Hosea. We read, let me see, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and into the first chapter of the book of Micah so we've got uh, what five different New Testament uh, Old Testament books these are the what are called minor prophets they are uh, shorter books that at the end of the Old Testament that uh, doesn't mean they're really minor in any sense of importance they're just minor in the sense that they didn't uh, preach for many that many years, their ministry didn 't extend over a great deal of time, and uh, it could have something to do with maybe the influence uh, that they had and yet all of them very courageously confronted the powers of their day, the religious leaders, the political leaders the the so- leaders of society uh, they they pointed out to their sin, they called on people to repent uh they were not liked necessarily they were not pro- uh um, popular necessarily these men uh and um, many of them paid the price uh, a very heavy price to to follow their calling to obey the lord and to uh preach to the people and call them to repent and to uh, follow after the lord so um uh, we've um read a lot of books i've got some questions for you from those from psalms 129 as well through 135 so uh, we can get started here let me let me uh, read a couple of questions to you from the psalms psalm 129 uh, the psalmist speaks of the scars of persecution and pain in his life But the Lord has used the pain to produce something very good and positive in his life. What is it? This could be a little bit of a hint to us if we face hardship and difficulties uh, and pain in our life. Maybe there is, it could be, not in every case, but this could be one of the things that God is teaching us and doing with our lives. So what is it? Psalm 129, look at verse 4. In Psalm 129, the psalmist speaks of the scars of persecution and pain in his life, but the Lord has used that pain to produce something very positive in his life. What is it? Look at Psalm 129, verse number 4. Oh, let's jump down to Psalm 132. Psalm 132. It celebrates the day... Something was brought to Jerusalem. What was it? Psalm 132 celebrates the day that something was brought. It was a physical thing that was brought to Jerusalem. You can see it, read about it in Psalm 132, verses 6 through 8. What was it that was brought to Jerusalem that is celebrated in Psalm 132, verses 6 through 8? Well, the whole Psalm, but then those verses tell you the answer to the question. You can give us a call if you know the answer to the question. 340-9585. That's what the Bible Live quiz show is about. It's giving you a chance to, uh, remember these old, these books of the Old Testament, these pro- prophets, especially the, the small, the prophets there at the end of the Old Testament. It gives you a chance to remember them and what their message was. You know, these, these, uh, these prophets are very important. Uh, some of you think um, you think, well, that was a long time ago. This was another people. There was, I mean, it's just what good is it to read about these people from so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, of thousands of years ago? And and what good does it do us today? Well, you know why it's so good today is that we face the absolutely same sins the same temptations the same problems the same tendencies and and some of the same inter, uh, relational interpersonal uh problems that they had in their time political problems economic problems they all stem to that spiritual dimension of life and folks i i i'm i'm convinced that one of the big reasons that that um uh, we, American Christianity is not more vibrant, that we are not having the, the impact that, that at least some say that our numbers say that we should be having, uh, in, uh, in our culture. A culture which, by the way, even the mainstream media now, even, uh, even, uh, all the different forces is not those wacky stupido, stupid extreme, uh, um, Conservatives now just saying that we're on the wrong track. It seems to be something that everyone is saying we are on the wrong track. We are we are making incredibly huge mistakes that going to they're going to affect not only us but our our descendants and generations to come. And and clearly the potential of bringing and destroying actually destroying this great nation. Uh, now some of you I know you said, oh man, here they go again. You know, say it all you want. All we have to do is just watch what happens. But the point is, I'm trying to make is, if, if you want to see what will happen, all you got to do is read these prophets. They lived in times when people were making the absolute same mistakes, the same claims. They were, they were, um, being immoral. They were being perverse. They were all of these things that they were being, um, you know, expansion of government, central government, dependence on government. There was government corruption as is, is strong and as mighty. Maybe it isn't as big with, with our huge country, over 300 million people, but the same dynamic was there. The same inept, corrupt leadership that we begin, we've begun to see. God uses all of these things to try to get the attention of his people. To call his people back to to worship him and to follow him and to obey him and uh, so i'm I'm telling you these books are important and they have a great great message, so I hope that you won't just ignore those books of this great book the bible uh, these these books of the prophets are so crucial okay let's go into the book of hosea I'll ask you a couple of questions there in the first place, what does the name Hosea mean? All right? Can you? It gives us a, an understanding of what the book is about. All right? What does the name Hosea, the prophet's name, mean? Uh, here's a who am I question. Uh, a lot of folks like those, can kind of identify these major uh, biblical figures, these babel, major biblical characters. God told Hosea to marry me. But I was unfaithful to him. I had children by other men and became a prostitute. Who am I? Wow, listen to that. God told the prophet Hosea to marry me, but I was unfaithful to him, had children by other men, um, and became a prostitute. Who am I? That's question number two there from the book of Hosea. All right, a major character in that book. We'll come back with more questions from there. If you can answer these, you'd like to give us a call, 340-9585, 340-9585. That's the uh, Bible Live Quiz Show line, and you can call in, answer them, win some prizes from coupons or, or certificates from our... Our program sponsors, and then uh, and we'll have some time, uh, fun talking about the scriptures and what's going on in our day. Maybe what's going on in your neck of the woods, what's going on in, like in your church or what will the preacher talk about today. It's always interesting to find out what different preachers around the city talked about. You know, that might give us an indication of what God is trying to tell uh, his people, what God is trying to tell the nation. Let's go now to the book of Joel. <clears throat> Joel begins his book by describing the land being covered and the crops being eaten by what? Joel begins his book, and uh, these are the book of sermons and messages and a record of the uh, the ministry that Joel exercised in his time. Uh, it be, the book begins by describing the land being covered and the crops being eaten by what? <clears throat> okay, let's go to another. Let's look at how the book of Joel is uh, quoted in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2, in the New Testament, Peter quoted Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where God promises to pour out On all flesh, pour out something on all flesh, Uh, what is it that God promises to pour out on all people, all flesh, we're told? All right, and it's not really a what, it's not a thing at all, it's a person that is to be poured out on all flesh. In Acts chapter 2, Peter quotes Joel chapter 2 about this person that is to be poured out on all flesh, all people. All right, let's uh, give us a call. If you know the answer, 340-9585. And then let's go to the book of Amos. <clears throat> Amos was a layman. He was not actually a priest or actually, uh, any, in a sense, a professional prophet in that sense. He was a layman, a normal, everyday, workaday John Mary Christian, or John and Mary follower of God. <laughs> Amos was a layman who did what for a living before God, God called him to preach? What did he do, what did Amos do for a living before God called him to preach? Uh, you'll find the answer in chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. And also, uh, you kind of see it throughout his book. Uh, Amos, in his sermons, his messages, he references uh, so many of the references that he uses are from his background, his profession, before he was called to preach. So what did Amos do for a living before God God called him to preach, okay? Now look at Amos chapter 4. God sends disasters, one disaster after another. And boy, if you can't see America in this today, um, (laughs) you just don't have eyes to see. That's all there is to it. In Amos chapter 4, God sends disasters on the land, on Israel, one after the other. Hunger, famine, drought, locusts crop failures diseases illnesses uh, public health problems war uh, and destruction of some of their cities uh, there was terrorism there were uh, there, there were attacks there there were storms of different kinds all of these piled up and God used them all of these different methods of trying to get Israel's attention but what is israel's Israel's response every time. Look in chapter um, chapter 4 of the book of Amos. You can look at verse 6. You can look at verse 8. You can look at verse 9. You can look at verse 10. It's repeated over and over again. What was Israel's response to all of these warnings, all of these methods that God used to try to get their attention? What was their response? In Amos chapter 4, verses 6, 8, 9, and 10, you can see that repeated over and again. What was Amos, what was the people of Israel's response to his warnings, to his messages? Okay, let's go now to the book of Obadiah. Obadiah. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Obadiah directed his messages... To, not to Israel, not either to the northern ten tribes or to uh, Judah in the south. Obadiah directed his messages to the nation of Edom, those we call the Edomites. What was their relationship to Israel? In other words, uh, how, who were the Edomites? Uh, how did they come to exist? Uh, from whom did they descend and so on? Do you know who are the Edomites? Obadiah directed his messages to them uh, and warnings to them. Uh, So who are the Edomites? Okay, uh, that's your question there. You can answer that. Give us a call, 340-9585, 340-9585. No one's on the phone right now. So if you'd like to call in, you got a clear line ahead of you. You'll come right on the air, and we'll let you answer the question and win some prizes for yourself. All right, so one more. Let's go to the book of Jonah. Now, this is a popular book, a popular individual. Well, not so much popular in a sense, a more well-known, I would say. Unlike other prophetic books, which record the prophet's messages, their sermons, The book of Jonah records not the messages of the prophet, but what? What does the book of Jonah record? Now it does, it does tell record his sermon. uh, And of course, the way it translates into English, it's a seven-word sermon. Uh, It's a very short sermon. That's all the words. It's just seven words. And uh, but what what we're focusing on is what does the book of Jonah record? Not his messages or sermons. But it tells us something else. What is it from the book of Jonah? Um, Nineveh was the capital city of the ruling world empire of that time. What was the name of the empire? What empire was Nineveh the capital of? All right. Let's see. What else can I ask you? Uh What happened to Jonah when the sailors threw him into the stormy sea? You can find that in chapter 1 of the book of Jonah. What happened to Jonah when the sailors threw him into the stormy sea? All right. There you have it. Those are our questions for tonight. There's 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 questions if you know the answer to any of them. Would like to call in and answer the questions here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. We'd love to have you uh, call, answer, win prizes, talk with us a little bit about the scriptures, what they mean to you. Maybe you have a question about the Bible. Something has been bothering you. 9585 zero ninety five eighty five. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes?
1: Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets.
4: Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Well, Elizabeth and I went
1: to
3: Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You
0: can really trust them.
3: They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game.
0: Express Lube is accurate for the name of
4: their store. And with 23 stores, there's an express lube near you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Get to know
0: more about churches and pastors in the San Antonio area just by clicking on the Church of the Week link at KSLR.com. Hear the daily devotional and archive Church of the Week programs at KSLR.com. AM 630
3: KSLR, KSLR KSLR.com. To the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
4: And we are back. This is indeed the Bible Live quiz show, the reading program Monday through Friday. You can hear the entire Bible every year. We are just now completing, finishing up our 14th year. Can you believe that? 14 years. We've been reading the entire Bible every year over the great city of San Antonio and across South Texas on this great station. And uh, so we're finishing up our 14th year. We're into the minor prophets, the smaller books at the end. Well, I say smaller. Some of them are not so small. We'll get to the book of Zechariah. That's a fairly long book, and we'll spend some time there. But we're finishing up those small books at the end of the Old Testament and then we'll go back just in time in the coming uh, a couple of weeks from now, as we move toward the uh, end of the month of October, as we move toward uh, even um, Halloween and so on. At that time of the year, we're usually reading the book of the Revelation. If you want to know something real, something true about the spiritual realm, you know, we Halloween with ghosts and goblins and witches and all that stuff and. And um you know that's that's part of reality. I mean that's part of the world that we live in that it's a holiday that exists, but if you really want to know about the spiritual dimension, if you really want to know about what happens to human beings after uh death, if you uh you know if you want to keep on going with the fictional things and zombies and all this sort of thing, fine, but then if we really want to know what happens in the spiritual realm, the Bible points it out very clearly. And it's no less exciting. It's very exciting and it's very interesting. Uh, we are spiritual beings. The Bible teaches us very clearly. And that uh, there is a, a spiritual dimension that awaits us once we move out of this life. We'll go into another sphere of existence. We'll go into a spiritual dimension. Uh, we can already kind of understand that. We, we know even in, instinctively uh, that we are, we are not our bodies uh you you can lose an arm or a leg or uh lose the use of a, one of your limbs for example there and you're not diminished as a person at all you you're still there as a person uh we we understand that we are there's the 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 real you, the real the soapy dollar, the real identity of us as individuals. We inhabit this body, we express ourselves through it and with it, and we interact with the world around us, with other, uh, soulish beings, other, th- with whom we can talk and share feelings and thoughts and ideas, uh, and opinions. We, we share that with them, but we're, we know that we're sharing out of this body. We, we're using this body as an instrument of, of, uh, um, of expression of ourselves and a, a, a unit you know, to interact with the physical world but when this body wears out or for some reason accident or whatever diseases uh we do go on we we continue uh, as a spiritual being into another existence another sphere uh i think every our own intuition tells us that uh we are spiritual beings we ask questions that go beyond just the f- physical realm we we're wondering about purpose and meaning and significance of life we wonder about immortality we wonder about good and evil and beauty things that are beautiful in art and we we wonder about things a lot of these things that are uh in values uh, love and generosity and self-sacrifice we think of these things that haven't any they're they're not physical things there wouldn't be something that we would come to automatically there there's something that comes to us out of that spiritual dimension and and frankly there's a there's a wonderful quote i think I believe it was c s Lewis who said that uh the idea the very fact that we have thirst that we thirst is is a strong indicator that there is something that exists called water. <laughs> The fact that we have thirst—I mean, if it didn't even exist, there would be no thirst. Um, but the existence of thirst is a strong indicator that water exists, and that we have these spiritual thirsts and these spiritual longings and desires, and it's a, all human beings share, and that should give us a strong hint: there is a spiritual dimension and And uh we're headed toward it every single one of us. Uh, no one is going to escape One hundred percent of us will go through the portal of death or uh, when as we're told in the scriptures will happen when Messiah returns and and God pulls the curtain on human history, then at that point, we will confront that spiritual dimension and have to live in that spiritual dimension based on many of the decisions that we have made in this life, and uh, I, I, the Bible tells us clearly what's going to happen. It tells us clearly what what it is that God desires, that we love him, that we walk with him, that we be his people, and that through that relationship with him, we become the good, holy, righteous people that he intended us to be, that we love other people, that we treat others fairly and rightly. and and in an ethical and right and moral way uh, righteousness we are we're not ashamed of the idea of being holy we seek and desire holiness and righteousness uh that's that is something within us that as god's people so uh the point is though is that there are consequences uh, and god warns us about it that if we if we choose to reject him in this life that we'll have consequences In the next, I'm sure it was C.S. Lewis who said there are really only two groups of human beings. Of all the billions, seven over seven billion human beings on planet Earth today, we all break into basically two categories. Those that when God reveals himself to them at some level, in some way, those that say to God, Thy will be done. They yield to God. They honor God. They desire God. They want God. They're seeking, truly desiring and seeking a a relationship with Almighty God, with the holy and righteous God. Uh, That's one group, those that say to God, Thy will be done. And the other group is the group to whom God will say one day, Thy will be done. And someday we're going to get what we desire. If you reject God and don't want to have any relationship with him or obey him or experience God, his goodness, his power, his direction in your life, you will get uh, what you have asked for. and But you're not going to like it. Uh, I, I know that whatever hell is about, and the Bible speaks a lot about it, about uh, that is spiritual dimension that those who go apart from God and, and will not be experiencing God in His presence, His love, uh, His His all the good things that flow out of God, um, every good and perfect gift we're told in the Book of James come from Him. Uh, but there are those those that reject Him. Uh, it, 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 we don't know what it's like exactly but it means being separated from him and not and not having that relationship some people think it's a a place of eternal uh, torment and judgment others think that it's a place of i actually uh we we just uh we we are annihilation we cease to exist altogether just gone uh, um nobody knows for certain but we know it's not going to be positive it's not going to be good it's not going to be the beautiful things that god has planned for those who love him, well, I've put out some questions on the on the airwaves tonight earlier about twelve questions coming from the books of the minor prophets. Maybe you have an answer for us if you'd like to give me a call three four zero ninety five eighty five three four zero ninety five eighty five let's go and visit with Austin, who is calling in tonight. I don't know if he's calling to answer a question or maybe he have something on his mind he wants to just. Uh, kind of spill and get off his chest, austin I'm glad you called in though thank you
2: hi uh you, you mentioned the question about um God asking hosea about uh who who is somebody and uh yeah, and a question about what what Amos what did as a profession
4: okay, let me repeat the questions and you can help us out with the answer that would be great um uh, mm-hmm. by the way, do you happen to know what the name the the name hosea means? Not
2: really. I just imagine since Hosanna meant save that it might have to do with salvation, maybe.
4: Well, you got it exactly right. It's a good guess. It's like akin to the idea of Yeshua. Um, uh, Joshua. Yes. It's akin to that word Hosea. Or the name means salvation. You are good guess there. That's uh, means you've right. been you, you've been paying. You're kind of paying attention to some of those Hebrew words and, and their background. Well, that's and the book of Hosea is all about, in some ways, the redemptive plan of God. It's pictured in several ways, and that's the question that came up. It says God told Hosea to marry me, but uh, but I was unfaithful to him had children by other men and became a prostitute who am i do you have to know who that woman was i would think it would be israel oh that's a very good answer and it is a picture of israel no doubt about it but this actually was a real woman who in other oh. words she was used to she was used to picture to show a picture of to illustrate uh, Israel's response to God. God told Hosea to one. marry this woman, and uh, uh-huh. I can give you a, a hint, and I bet I can bring the answer out of you. Do you remember an old, old, old TV show, Austin? It was about a, um, a private, I believe, was he a Marine or the Army? I think a Marine, and his name was Pyle. Do you remember his first name? <laughs> gomer <laughs> there you go gomer pile yes well this this lady 's name was gomer that 's the name we I, yeah, I see, out, out of, everything
2: it's just some things I forget
4: yeah, 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 there it is, well, I wonder if the, you know i should <laughs> I should look up the name Gomer and see what it means, maybe i 'll have time in a break or here in a little bit to. Do that, and I'd like to know what the name Gomer means. I'm curious about it now. Now that we know the name Hosea, and then you said you also had a, heard one of the questions on Joel. On, on about, what
2: uh, Amos did for a living, I think.
4: Oh, there you go, Amos. Then, a- Amos was a layman. The question was, yeah. what did he do for a living before God called him into the ministry? Before God ta- called him to preach, do you recall what it was?
2: I'm not sure what the technical term, but I think he uh, like picked figs, uh, like was a farmer. that handled
4: figs. Well, farmer is the only technical term I can call it. He was a farmer, indeed. That was it. He was a farmer. You got it right. I got. I got to get my. And, I got my little thing here. And right. I
2: was wondering, I was wondering what you thought about the uh, the idea that uh, fig that the fig tree represented Israel in the Bible.
4: Yes, I, I I have heard that and read over and over time that in general, quite often, the fig tree uh, was used to be a picture of Israel. Uh, what is that? There, there is that uh, incident in the New Testament. Remember when Jesus is going yeah. into Jerusalem and he curses the fig tree and it it uh, ceases uh, bearing fruit. Yeah, I, I think there's some basis to that. Uh, of course, all of these have their limits. You know the limitation, and maybe not in every single case and all, but I, I think there's something to it. There's another tree as well. What is it? The olive tree. Oh, is okay. often used to uh, illustrate the nation of Israel as well, if I remember correctly. But I, I think there is something to that. And when people make that that uh, statement, well, they'll well, quite often they'll share a number of verses and passages where. It seems clear that that God is using that as a as a an object lesson. So yeah, I I, I kind of go along with it. I I guess I have through the years, and it seems to make sense. Have you read something about it, or or is it just something you've yeah. wondered yourself?
2: I, I I've often been lately thinking about that um, the Olivet discourse where he talks about uh where where a lot of people think he when he talks about when you first see the uh, Big tree beginning to bud, uh, then you know these things are happening. Uh, as and they and they, a lot of people seem to think that he's talking about uh, the generation that sees Israel starting to bud uh-huh. uh, will not pass away before the end of the before his return. And so it see, it yeah. feels like since. Israel finally became a nation again.
4: Forty nine after yeah. eighty
2: seventy and like eighteen
4: forty eight or forty nine. Was it nineteen forty nine? Nineteen forty eight, nineteen forty nine. Yeah, yeah. There's it a lot of talk wonder. about. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that. I, I'll be honest with you, Austin. I've kind of, I've kind of opted out of, and and, and I'm not putting this on anybody else. I don't think. I know anybody, what. If people are curious about I know, end times, I've
2: heard this from you before.
4: <laughs> I've kind of decided, you know, I don't think we're going to figure it out. And the only real lesson but that he we're did told say them, to
2: watch, didn't he?
4: Yeah, he said to watch, and I and I am watching, and I'm, I, I can't figure. But he, but the end lesson was watch and and be busy. You know, be be busy about the you know, and serving the Lord and, and be about the Lord's business and 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 so on. So I. Mm-hmm. I kind of focusing more on that now, instead of just trying to figure out exactly what everything means. I and I don't. I promise, I don't really have any ill will toward those who do search the scriptures and try to figure it and try to get. It. And, and and maybe there is more clarity coming along at these er, this era and this time. I, I, I tell you, that one of the big questions I have, Austin, is the whole question of Israel. I I can't quite get yeah. my head around. When the Bible talks about Israel, what in the world? You know, it, it, I know there was a there was a land called Israel. In other words, there's a there's a country, yes. an actual geopolitical country. There's also a people. A, it's not really a race or anything, but it's a a descendants of of Abraham, and, and there's kind of a people group that a culture, or a yes. people group, and with a language and a culture and a tradition and a history. And then there's this thing of the idea of the people of God, that, that all of those who truly desire and love God and respond to him, that we are Israel, which is clearly another truth spoken of in the New Testament quite often, both Jesus and Paul and others. So I I kind of trying to get my head about in the Old or New Testaments when it talks about Israel. Which Israel is it referencing? The, is the land of Israel? Uh, some people say the land of Israel actually is a picture of heaven, our ultimate, our ultimate destiny uh, as God's people, uh, and that, and, and so on. So I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I I have um, I don't mind. I listen to all the different uh, groups and and and. Uh, m- m- but I can't say for sure that I I know the answer, to be very honest with you. I do think yeah, that there's a spiritual I don't Israel.
2: If, if anybody knows the answer. I, I I think, you know, the Bible uses the same word in different senses at different places, and right. so, yeah, it's hard yeah. to know.
4: In a but given I kind of
2: seriously, I, I mean, he kept reiterating, like he'd say, again, watch. So I, I kind of take seriously that that's, what he meant rather than just to to, yeah. to be busy.
4: Well, see, that. Yeah, that's watch. what makes it hard is that uh, it's important that we watch, and, and clearly it's important, uh, or he wouldn't be telling us. And he told us, he gave us all of those illustrations, and he gave us all those warnings and all those admonitions to watch and be careful and be busy and be, you know, be busy about the things of God. He gave us all that, and so it is important that we obey. I think that's probably the more...
2: I find it comforting, you know. Oh, I do you know, too. I think usually. a lot of people find it comforting when they when they see signs of of his return. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. That
2: they can hope about.
4: No doubt about it, and and that's why I, I say I am not on a crusade against it or anything like that. I I, yeah, I just yeah. um, I love it. I mean, I keep my ears open. I keep trying to learn and so but on the other hand. Uh, man, and I hope it's soon. I really do, Austin. I'd love the Lord to come back and, and, and to go, you know, to, it, it's just going to be such a wonderful time. I, but again, it could be today, it could be this week, it could be this coming month, year. On the other hand, it could be another hundred, who knows, another thousand years. I, now I don't, I tell you one thing, I, I somehow don't think it, it can be that much longer because in some ways, I just don't, I don't know how much tighter the rubber band can be, <laughs> can be turned in this old world. I mean, tensions and stresses yeah. are getting so big and so high, and we have this such incredible potential of dis- of destruction of ourselves that I'm not quite sure, apart from the consideration of Jesus coming and all, but how much longer we're going to be able to even just respect ourselves, you know it seems like things are getting so tense and so many that that we we're on the verge of self-destructing before anything else
2: definitely
4: i don't know crazy you know, you times
2: you read through the book of daniel yes so i i always felt like from chapters 9 and 12 and and yes. what jesus said about the man of desolation like you could almost deduce that there's got to be a 7 year uh, treaty in the middle east And uh, and the rebuilding of the temple before the end. Exactly. I I don't
4: know. (laughs) Well, you know, I am with you though. I take comfort, and and I do, and I don't demean those who would try to really get to it. I, I think a a genuine, real scholar. I I, and I don't mean to be mean others. I, I just mean, I think you'd have to really get serious about the languages, about Hebrew. About the imagery, about the you know, the, uh, the apocalyptic language and, and imagery of the Old Testament, and is reflected on into the New Testament as well. Someone who really was in tune with a lot of those things, they might really, they might come up with a clear, um, meaningful sort of end times uh, scenario that that would be very plausible. And take into consideration all these different understandings of, like, Israel and so on. But it's a huge task. And, of course, there's so many stories and so many opinions already out there. That it, it just sort of yeah. <laughs> muddies the water quite a bit. It's hard to come up with with it would it would be hard to get attention because there's so many theories already out there. But I think you're right. Yeah,
2: everybody just needs to start agreeing with me. I, I don't know why everybody's disagreeing. <laughs> with
4: yeah, me. that would solve everything, <laughs> wouldn't it? it? Really would. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, I, I agree with I agree that we should watch. And that we should be ready and be busy about the Lord's business. And that that I'll go that far with you for sure. And I, I also believe it's very uplifting and encouraging to know that uh, uh, you know history is His story, and someday He'll bring it to, to a close, and we will see that the the final, ultimate revelation of the redemptive plan of God really totally finalized. Uh, in, in, uh, in God's presence. I, 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 I believe that with all my heart. I, I, really do. And I, I appreciate you calling. You added something real to the, uh, consideration of here. These minor prophets, they're very, very good. And they do talk to us about many of these issues. I really appreciate it, Austin. Would you like to, uh, leave your information with John and let's put you on our list to send a little gift or a little reminder of, uh, how much we appreciate you? I've got a few gifts here where sure, I can send out. Okay. Well, then don't hang up if you don't mind, and I'm going to put Austin on hold with thanks for calling in, and uh, he'll give you information to John, and we'll send him a little gift package from our program supporters and sponsors. Uh, so you can do the same thing, 340-9585, 340-9585 if you'd like to call in. Talk about maybe Amos. Talk about these end-time things. Uh, the book of Joel uh, as we've already mentioned, the book of Joel was quoted in the book of Acts as, uh, as having been fulfilled by, I'll go ahead and answer that question. In the book of Acts, Peter quotes Joel chapter 2, where God promises to pour out his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, poured out on all flesh. And of course, that was, uh, this, that was the prediction and the prophecy about this era, this time in which you and I are living. Uh, after Messiah had completed his work, After Yeshua, Jesus completed his work as the Messiah and carried out the – he became fully and wholly and entirely a man. He voluntarily limited himself, voluntarily left off the free exercise of his divine prerogatives and initiatives as God and walked and lived a perfect human life under the yoke of of faith and total dependence and trust in the Father – uh when and lived a perfect life as a man and then he who knew no sin became sin for us uh he was crucified he died uh and then he was resurrected from the dead uh, as as god's clear signal that god the redemptive plan had been completed through yeshua the messiah and as, and and upon his ascension then this prophecy comes true that God and remember Jesus had even told his disciples you know don't worry hang on i got to go away but it's so that the father can send the holy spirit the comforter to you and uh and he told them that before he died and even after he died he said now don't go yet to to all the world go to jerusalem and wait there till the father sends the holy spirit and on that day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 The Spirit of God came in that fresh, new, wonderful way. It doesn't mean the Spirit of God appeared for the first time on planet Earth. He had been here all along. Um working and, and and ministering and carrying out the work of the Godhead here on planet Earth, but he came in a new relationship, a new way of relating to the people of God, in that he now becomes our permanent escort for each one of us who trust in Jesus as Savior and come into that or born again into that relationship with the Father, then now he is our permanent escort to glory. Uh, He's come to walk with us and to uh, escort us and to make sure that we are going to get there. He's going to get us to glory. Now, what I don't want you to get there is kicking and screaming and complaining. Uh, If we collaborate and trust in him and rest in the spirit and obey him, and walk with him, we can go joyfully, victoriously into God's presence. Uh, It doesn't mean that we'll never have problems and no difficulties and no persecution, but we'll have his presence with us, his comfort, his power, his joy. And that's our opportunity to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, uh, we're told. But then uh, Joe, Acts points out, Peter points out that that was prophesied way back in the book of Joel, that God there would come a time when God was pour out his Spirit on all flesh in a new way. And that started with the ascension of Messiah to glory. Once he had completed his work, see, he was a beachhead. He was the Jesus was the firstborn of the twice born. He's the prototype of the redeemed, uh, and he became the firstborn of the twice born. And so, when he left and finished his work, he established a beachhead in the new race of the redeemed, the new human race, the reborn, the twice born. And now we experience the the escort, the presence, the real dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit walking with us, guiding us, teaching us. Uh, providing for us uh, and, and uh, protecting us all the way to glory. Well, that's the time, three four We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. Headlines, blogs, videos, and links to the nation's top
3: political pundits are just a click away at HotAir.com. That's
1: HotAir.com. Some Christians don't spend much time reading or studying the Old Testament because they think it has nothing to say to them today. But the Old Testament is threaded with pictures of Jesus Christ and relevant lessons. That's why on Through the Bible Radio, Dr. J. Vernon McGee teaches both the Old and New Testaments. We take five years to go from Genesis to Revelation, weaving back and forth from old to new. Why not join us and catch a glimpse of some of these truths as Dr. McGee vividly explains what's in it for us.
3: Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee. Weekday mornings at 6 on AM 630
4: KSLR. I'm Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and we are very excited to be partnering with KSLR to be the featured ministry during the month of October. Listen to KSLR each morning for your chance to win a copy of my book, Lord, Hear Your Cry, a 30-day prayer challenge. PowerPoint airs on KSLR weekdays at 5:30 p.m. So be sure to join us for our daily message of encouragement here on The Word in South Texas. AM 630
3: KSLR. Talking with your spouse and talking often is one of the keys to a great marriage. And if you know it's good for your marriage, then you already know that the Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway is coming to the Hyatt Hill Country Resort, November 20th through the 22nd. But did you also know that KSLR is giving away a scholarship to that conference? Plus, a two-night stay at the Hyatt Hill Country Resort, a value of $580. Now we're talking. Registered winning kslr.com keyword weekend
0: have you been blessed by a ministry on am 630 kslr then let them know through the program guide at kslr.com know that your contribution is a wise and much needed investment it's all at kslr.com
3: am 630 kslr KSLR kslr.com
0: the 2015 cupera features plush leather seating that will feel to your hemorrhoids like sitting on lava hot knitting needles
1: Not if you step up to relief with the power of two from Preparation H. First, use Preparation H Medicated Wipes to soothe as they clean. Then Preparation H Maximum Strength Cream to relieve pain and burning.
3: Now sink into that rich upholstery. Mmm, luxurious.
1: Preparation H. Don't stand for hemorrhoids. Use directed. And try specially formulated medicated wipes for women.
3: 20 years of debt management services, nearly $100 million saved in finance charges. It's Trinity's 20th anniversary, and these are just a few of the milestones we're celebrating as we begin our third decade of helping people become debt-free for keeps. My name is Mike. Trinity brought us relief by greatly reducing our interest and consolidating our bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Call 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. AM 630, KSLR, KSLR KSLR.com, and on ChristianRadio.com. Tune in at the iHeartRadio app. Pathway to Victory with Robert Jeffers. Weekday mornings at 1030, AM 630.
2: And there's no one else around. While I'm lying here in bed, you're in my heart, you're in my head. You're all I need, you're all I need. There are million.
4: This is the Bible Live on KSLR AM six thirty, and we are back. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Austin called in, answered several of our questions, we had a great discussion with him. I hope that you'll give us a call as well. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Love to hear from you. <clears throat> I'm going to answer. Excuse me. I want to answer some of the questions that we have out there, just so that folks that are listening and kind of wanting to know, what is the answer to that question? Uh, we won't leave you hanging and, and get a little satisfaction there for growing a little bit of knowledge from the Scriptures. In Psalm 129, the psalmist speaks of the scars of persecution and pain in his life, but the Lord has used that pain to produce something good in his life. What is it? If you read Psalm 129 verse 4, he says, through those scars, that persecution, and that pain, you have freed me. You have freed me from the chains of sin. And uh, sometimes there are tribulations and difficulties we go through, what we call sometimes even self-inflicted wounds. But if God uses it in the end to take sin out of our life and to make us more holy and more pure, uh, it, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing, uh, from eternity's perspective. So, uh, He uses sometimes failure and difficulty and persecution and even pain in our lives. He uses that as a means to free us from the chains the control on uh, the habits of sin in our life. And then we ask a question Psalm 132 sub- celebrates the day that something was brought to Jerusalem, what is it? And that was the ark of the covenant. That that little piece of furniture that very exotic, very beautiful little piece of furniture is gold inlay, gold covered, um the ark of the covenant. David helped bring that to the city of Jerusalem. Now then, let's go, um, let me ask you a couple more questions from the Psalms. Psalm 131 says that we lose our peace, excuse me, I'm sorry, we lose our peace when pride leads us to worry about, quote, matters too great or awesome for me. What are these matters that are too great and awesome for us? What could that mean? That psalm it says we lose our peace and our pride. Uh, we lose our peace when pride leads us to worry about matters too great or awesome. What does that actually mean for us? Is there some admonition there for us? Uh, <clears throat> maybe it maybe it has something to do with that conversation we had just with Austin about. Uh, end in times and just trying to spend all this time trying to figure out when Jesus is coming when the end times when when uh he's going to return when history is going to close we know that it is and we know that we can see the kind of the the general signs of the times but we're never going to know the the, t- the day so maybe it's talking about that obsession with trying to figure out the exact time or something i, I don't know I, I and maybe not as well it's just an idea what what are those things beyond uh, matters too great and or awesome for us that are referred to in Psalm 131? And then I will ask you this question. Which king of Israel decided that there should be a temple to honor and worship Jehovah? Which king of Israel decided that there should be a temple to honor and worship the true and living God? Find the answer in Psalm 132 verses 1 through 5, all right? Now then, let's go to the book of Hosea. We've already had both of those, two of the questions answered. Let me give you another question. After his wife's adultery, remember that uh, woman we just heard, her name Gomer, like Gomer Pyle, uh, the Marine, I believe it was, in the, the, the TV show. Well, Gomer, that's the only other person I ever know with the name of Gomer. After his wife Gomer's adultery, What did Hosea do for her, for Gomer, that illustrates what God has done for us, too? After his wife committed adultery with another man, what did Hosea do for her that illustrates what God has also done for us? Look in Hosea chapter 3, verse 2. What did Hosea do for Gomer? That illustrates what God also has done for us. I said that the book of Hosea is all about God's salvation, God's redemptive plan. It has a number of different pictures and lessons about His redemptive plan, and this may be one of those. Now, here's another question from the book of Hosea Even with all their wickedness, some Israelites continued all the religious rituals and practices. Even with all their wickedness and their disobedience to God, some of the Israelites kept on going to church. They kept going all, doing all the religious rituals and sacrifices and so on. Hosea explained that God wanted the people to know and obey Him more than he wanted what. He said, "God wants your obedience." Uh, I want to to know you, and I want you to obey me more than I want what else from you. Look at Hosea chapter six, verse six. So, if you know the answer to those questions, give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five. And Mike has called in tonight. I'm always glad to hear from somebody named Mike, Michael, Hi, like buddy. the archangel. <laughs> Good to hear from you, kiddo. What's going on?
5: Well, I I um. For the first, I retired from my job, so I was able to listen to the uh, your broadcast during the weekend. Uh, Jose was uh, directed to buy Gomer back.
4: Oh, isn't that the be- most beautiful picture in the world? He he oh, purchased is, her oh, redemption.
5: I'm old enough to know what betrayal is all about, and
4: <laughs> yeah, you
5: felt betrayed by someone yeah. that you loved, and then you're told go get her back.
4: Oh, my goodness. That's- I mean, that's that's supernatural, I tell you for sure. Uh, that is something beyond the normal uh, experience. But, and yet that's what God has done for us. Uh, we are His by right, by creation, but we rebelled against Him and, and we rejected Him. And He came and bought us back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he well, redeemed that. us. Uh, I, I love that picture. It, it really is. You know, I, I often, I, I pity in a way, I guess... I don't know how I feel about Hosea. In some ways, sometimes I feel like I pitied him and the poor guy got, he just got used as a doormat by this woman. And and yet, you know, it it, it is just a magnificent picture of what we in our sin and our rebellion, our selfishness, we, and yet God brings us back and buys us back and, and loves us still and, and nurtures us. It is, I don't I don't know. If there's a better picture of the redemptive plan of of God than what we see in the book of Hosea. It really is powerful, for well, sure.
5: That sure describes uh, how great His mercy is,
4: without a doubt. And 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 uh, he must he must God must operate on such a different level. Now, the good thing though, Michael, is that we're called we're called to share that. We're called to to. He's building that impulse into our lives to be to love others without condition, you know, without demands and, you know, that selfless love, that agape love, we're so, we're learning, supposedly, to have that kind of love for each other as God's people, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as husbands and wives and so on in the Lord. Man, I, I every, when I read this, I think, Lord, I do have such a long way to go, <laughs> but keep teaching me. I want it. I want it bad. I really do. I want to be there. I want to have oh that boy. kind of love
5: um, i I do admire you and <laughs> I admire Jacob and um i I've, I've even missed um Juanita uh,
4: from, <laughs> yes, you know. from years past our dear friend Juanita hadn't called in a long time but i I'm guessing she's moved maybe uh, she was moving quite a bit in her last years this oh, was a a blind lady who was yes. used to call in the program and used to go through the scriptures and had some some always some some very interesting observations and thoughts. I, I remember one thing she said. Do you remember, Michael, when she quoted that poem, Roses are red, violets are blue? If it were, No, Roses are red, red and violets are bluish. If it weren't for Easter, we would all be Jewish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember she told us uh, so many years ago and I thought, oh, isn't that interesting. I'm not quite sure we're not all Jewish anyway. We kind of came to the we've been grafted in right is what we're learning from the scriptures in uh, oh. these days, but
5: it's okay Have we done the book of Amos yet?
4: Yes, we read it this week as well. Uh, um, uh, there's I, one of my questions. It. is from the book of Amos. Let me repeat it, and, and then I'll get your comment. It says, in Amos 4, God sends one disaster after another onto Israel, hunger and famine, drought, locusts, crop failure, diseases, terrorism, war, destruction of some of their cities. But what is Israel's response to all of these warnings every time and if you look in the Amos chapter 4, verses 6, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, God repeatedly says, this is Israel's response. And I, that's the question out there. How did Israel respond to all these warnings that God gave them? And, of course, there's a lot we could learn about that today as well, right? But what else was on your mind? You were going to say something.
5: Well, um, um, well Bones on... on um, um, uh, it was a, a, a very cruel petition to to uh, Israel. Um, well, before the 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 country split into Israel and right. This was oh, right, right, right after
4: Saul, then David, then Solomon. They were the three kings over the nation united. And then after Solomon died, his son Rehoboam uh, Jeroboam led a rebellion. The ten northern tribes broke away from. Uh, uh, Judah in the south and, and, and uh, they became kind of a they two different groups but the, of course there were many efforts to bring them back together as well so you have Israel in the north Judah in the south and uh, Jeroboam led them and Rehoboam was Solomon's son who who uh, allowed that to happen and in some ways maybe even contributed to it the division uh, but what were you going to say about Rehoboam and that era well, that time um,
5: it's um, well well, it seemed like Jeroboam was raised up by God to complete that purpose. Um,
4: it does, doesn't it?
5: And uh, Saul raised up by God to be king, and, um, yep. and the, even Solomon, um, the gift of wisdom, yeah. and he just corrupted that. Yeah. And so, um, uh, like you were saying, to finish strong, we, we. Um, yeah. Maybe we may start out with God's uh, will on our lives, but then we we turn against Him even so. And,
4: it's heartbreaking, and, isn't it? It really is. Um, and, um, and, and, like and,
5: you were saying, yeah, yeah. I want to be there. And I
4: I do you know. too. I really do, Michael. And I and I know that uh, I know that you know. I heard Bill Bright say one time, and I and I have to say I I, I believe this to be true as well in my own case. I, I, and I'm really saying that conviction-wise. That Bill Bright, even this great godly man that I admired so much, and, and God used him so greatly in, in our on planet Earth <laughs> in his lifetime, he said to us, a group of the leaders, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ leaders, one time a leadership group of about two hundred and fifty three hundred, uh, he said to us, you know, men, he said, I know that the seed of every sin known to man, the seed. Of every sin, every perversity, every every perversion, every all of this, the seed of every sin known to man is is within me, the the potential, the possibility, and that uh, apart from God's protection and power and guidance, uh, in the right circumstances, the right moment, uh, it could be perhaps drawn forth. And he said, "But I and, and I I don't know what else he said. I can't remember. But I was always struck by that." And I know, I do know that there is that old nature within us. I know God has planted a new nature, a new seed, a new impulses, new habits, new desires. But some of those old things are still there. They, they can be called forth, you know, uh, out of our past, psychologically, emotionally. Things can, and, and, and I'm just wary of that. I, I, uh, it keeps me on my knees. It keeps me, Humble and broken and, and, and non-judgmental about others—that that much, yeah. But I do want to end well. I, I I've said, Lord, oh please, uh, take me on home before I would uh, dishonor Your name greatly. I mean, I mean, I, it's not that I don't sin. I know um, I, all you got to do is talk to my wife, Michael. <laughs> she'll she'll know about my impatience sometimes uh-huh. and about this or that or the other. But I'm talking about just. I don't want to bring shame upon the cause of Christ or upon my friends or the, the church of you know the, of the Lord here in our city. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I think that's all part of the motivation, I guess, for all of us to end end well, finish well. That's that's a good thing to do. I can't believe you're retiring, though, kiddo. You're still young.
5: Well, I hurt my back, and uh, oh, I see. I was um, they they said I could come back if I get well, but. I'm, I'm kind of hurting right now. Is
4: it, is it a lower back sort of injury? or
5: yeah, L5. I, I've, I've had a fusion in my body for 40 years, and I lifted something too heavy and
4: yeah. I either
5: twisted it or fractured it. I don't know. What. Probably
4: just a microsecond before you did it, you thought, you know, I maybe shouldn't do this. <laughs> but but yeah. you went ahead and tried to. Yeah. Well, I, I,
5: God, God has slowed me down. I have, I have a terrible sin nature, and he uh, used uh, the spinal fusion to... Uh, Slow that man down because he's going to get himself in a world of trouble. And isn't I, I
4: that interesting? Maybe just,
5: he just saved my life. My whole, had to change everything I was doing.
4: Well, I'll be. I
5: just, I, and I thank him for it. Yeah this, yeah. this injury now is a, is a gift from God to, to, to change my life too. Yeah, I, sure.
4: I'm pretty so happy about it. Well, isn't that interesting? Because uh, tonight, one of our earlier questions were from Psalm 129. The psalmist talks about some of the scars of persecution and, and physical pain in his life, but he says, uh, he talks about those, but then he says the Lord has used that pain to produce something positive, something good in his life, and, and it tells us what it is in Psalm 129, verse 4. He said, God has used that pain and that difficulty in my life to free me from the chains of sin. In that it's kind of what you're talking about now, God I is,
5: think that's perfect in, yes, in, in
4: it, it's a beautiful little passage you might want to look that up and underline it Michael that'll be good psalm uh, psalm one twenty nine verse four well certainly good to hear from you my friend and I'm, I'm I hope you have a great and happy retirement time and and you find a new passion and something maybe there'll be some uh, a ministry that you can volunteer with or help with or be a part of. I mean know you're already very active in the Lord and and uh you, you uh, partner with us a little bit in ministry Michael and that's always been a All blessing boy, to me as well. It's
5: been an honor over the years. Uh, yeah.
4: I've enjoyed it more than I can we, tell you. It's if been you wonderful. talk
5: to Juanita, say hi to her, we miss her call and I'll never forget that poem you just told me. Jacob <laughs> yeah. was a joy. Yep. And but um actually um uh, when it comes right down to it you're still there, faithful, with your program, and um, it's, it's very nice to Thanks, have um, the guest appearances of, of Juanita, and, and especially sure. Jacob. And so... Um, it's just been a wonderful
4: experience. It has been for me too. It really has. In fourteen years, we're you know I'm going to take a break here pretty soon from from the program. Where I don't know, it might be maybe take a year out or something. Uh, but but I've never lost that passion for the scriptures, for God's word, and and oh. to think that we're the only city in the whole nation where the entire Bible every year is read over our our city for our families and for people to hear. I still love that idea, and as the Lord leads and allows, we'll 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 be back, and we'll figure out a way to to get the scriptures back on the public airwaves, or maybe we'll, uh, you know, technologies are changing so much; it could be a, a new direction as well. That maybe the internet is going to be the thing in the future. I don't even know. When are things ever going to settle down, Michael? So we can know something. You know, <laughs> things keep changing and growing, and. Uh, and so much in in these times in which we live. It's it's, like, it's very much like Daniel uh, predicted, you know, the people, right. world travel will be increasing and, and there will this, be this explosion of knowledge. I don't know the, any better way of uh, describing what we're experiencing in this era. Explosion like of knowledge. Like
5: earlier, I don't know how the rubber band could
4: get any tighter, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, going, it's one of these days. Well, listen, pal, good to hear from you. God bless you. And uh, well, yeah, we're still going to be around. We'll still t- stay in touch. We've got a letter coming out to you here in the next few days that you'll be getting. So okay. So it'll tell a little bit about what's been going on. All right. Well,
5: thank you for being there, Sophie.
4: Thank you, my friend.
5: Take care.
4: Michael, good to hear from you. you. That's the thank time we have with Michael. We're coming down to our last minutes of the program. So uh, let me go through some uh, questions and answer them for you. If you'd like to call in, though, at the end of the uh, program here and answer one of them before I get to it, I certainly don't mind, and I'd love to hear from you. So 340-9585. Here is, uh, even with all the wickedness in Israel, in the midst of all the wickedness and the corruption and the perversions and uh, all the crime, everything looks a whole lot like we look today in America, even. Even with all that wickedness, some of the people of Israel continued all their religious rituals and practices. Hosea explained that God wanted the people to know him and obey him more than he wanted their sacrifices and burnt offerings. In other words, ritualistic religion isn't what God is looking for, just going through the motions and going through the rituals and and, uh, singing the songs and, and, uh, you know, Taking, doing the the different uh, uh, the sacraments and things just by habit and by rote, that isn't what God is looking for. He's looking for obedience. He desires obedience more than sacrifice, and uh, that's a uh, that's a principle that's brought out uh, also in many many by the many of the other prophets as well. Now let's go to the book of Joel. He begins his book by describing the land being covered. And the crops being eaten by locusts. There was an infestation of locusts that uh, covered the land and destroyed the crops. And this devastation of the plague of locusts was a foretaste of what Joel repeatedly called the day of the Lord. It's a foretaste. It's a picture of God's judgment. When God will finally uh, draw the curtain on the human history, bring it to a close, and he, when he does that, he would do, do so as judge. You can, you will no longer be able to know him as savior, as friend. You can only meet him then as judge. And um, so, the admonition and the invitation is, my friend, to be reconciled to God. Confess that sin. Fall on your knees before him, and and, and say, God, forgive me. I have been rebellious. I've walked away from you. I haven't trusted you. I haven't sought you like I should. And and uh, you sent your son who paid the penalty of my sin. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sins, it shall die, uh, the Old Testament tells us. So there is no, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And Messiah came and shed his blood on our behalf so that we could be forgiven and cleansed. And I, I encourage you, seek the Lord now while he can be found. Uh, That is the admonition of the prophets as well. Um, Amos chapter 4, God sends disasters one after another to warn Israel, but their response over and over again, he sends hunger and famine and drought and locusts and crop failure and hurricanes and and all kinds of (laughs) storms and fires that burn the land. I'm I'm talking about America now. I've moved to the present tense. And all of these things, wars and terrorism, destruction to some of the cities. Look at at Detroit today. Look at some of these cities, what is happening. What is Israel's response? God says over and again, but still you wouldn't turn to me. But still you wouldn't turn to me. You wouldn't turn away from your sin and your selfishness and your lies and your deceit and your corruption and you wouldn't turn to me. Uh, that's that's some of the saddest words in the Bible. Obadiah directed his messages to the nation of Edom. What was their relationship with Israel? Remember that Edom was uh, another name for Esau, Jacob's brother. Uh, he was the uh, ancestor of the nation, the people group of Edomites, and that was Esau, Jacob's brother, with a long history of har- harassing, and threatening Israel, well, then we got to the Book of Jonah, unlike other prophetic books which record the prophet's messages. The Book of Jonah records the prophet's story. It tells what happened to him and his 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 lack of faith in God, his disobedience to God to go and preach to the people of Nineveh, basically because he didn't want them to repent. He didn't want to see them. He lost his vision of the the kingdom of God. And beyond just the people group of Israel, and he he knew that the people of Assyria uh, were a threat to his home nation, and he didn't want to go preach to them. But and he himself said it. I just knew that if they repented, you would forgive them, and and, he, and God did. He held off judgment of Nineveh. There's a seven word uh, sermon. In forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's the message he took. Uh, Of course, he was probably bleached white from being in the intestines of a great fish. (laughs) We looked like a strange guy, so he probably got a lot of attention. But um, so he revealed he he carried that message. Then they did repent and God delivered them from that judgment that he promised. It came 100 years later, but they experienced God's mercy and forgiveness. Then what happened to Jonah when the sailors threw him into the stormy sea? He was swallowed, remember, by that great fish. Three nights, three days and nights in the uh, in the guts of that great fish. He prayed, and then he was spit out. Well, that's our time tonight for the Bible Live Quiz Show. We'll see you next Sunday, folks.
5: The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218.
1: Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live, Live Quiz Church. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Sophie and the Bible Live broadcast.
5: You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help Crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.